0: Hello, welcome to homeschool together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're listening to this right now or watching the video, we have a podcast and we also have our YouTube channel and we're very, very, very pleased to have Valerie Castle with us today for our interview. So I'll toss it over to the wife because she's really good at these things.
2: Wow, you totally got that on the first go. I'm really excited. Good job. getting right. better every day. Well, uh, we're so excited to have you, Valerie, and for us to be doing this uh, interview on YouTube, so on the videos, so that's fun. Um, so thank you so much for joining us uh, from our homeschool castle. And today we're going to talk about special needs homeschooling. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so um, can you give us some background on your family and, and what drove you all to homeschool?
1: Yeah. So um, my oldest daughter is 10. So about 12 years ago, I think I was a nanny for a homeschool family. And it was the first time that I'd really got like up close with that situation. And not only that, they were secular homeschoolers and I didn't even know there was such a thing. So <laughs> just learning like how they did things and how they learned and how it was more about connecting with their kids and them getting into their favorite topics. It just really spoke to me. So I knew then I wanted to do it whenever I had children. And I actually <laughs> went with that and started homeschooling before I even knew that my daughter had special needs. So it was always something I wanted to do.
2: So we, Can we call you a veteran homeschooler then? Yeah,
1: I know. I know. I I, I just can't believe it's been that many years, but yeah, it's been a while. And then I have, so I also have a stepdaughter who's a, 11 days older than my daughter, actually, which is wild. Um, my husband and I first knew each other in high school 20 some years ago, <laughs> went our separate ways, had separate lives, uh, married, and each had a daughter. And then when we met, we had three more. And um, so now they're almost five, almost four. And the little one just turned two. Wow! Mm, wow. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, Keeps you busy. So how many years again have you been homeschooling?
1: Um, ten with ten, my okay. children. Um, I say that because I actually did start at day one with my wow. daughter. There's um, a book called, I can't think of it right now, but I'll think of it and I'll tell you guys. But well, when you remember, it, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I, I can't well. think of it right now. I always get it all mixed up but it does start from day one with like motor skills and like fine cool. motor skills and um, recognizing shapes or things moving, you know, it's a really cool book. So, yeah. When
0: you, when you first started out homeschooling, how was it different than it is now? I mean, now I, I know a lot of homeschooling is very internet focused where we have a lot of curriculums, right. a lot of research. We have the YouTubes obviously right. to do this type of stuff. How was how it different about 10 years ago? And that wasn't too long ago. I mean,
1: right
0: yeah it wasn't too long ago (laughs)
1: um well I just got really creative I mean I'm an artist at heart like what we do in our homeschool is a lot of art so I Mm -hmm. always made things like I made this big uh board with felt and and lace and I put all alphabet letters on it Mm -hmm. and yeah you're right there wasn't any really (laughs) internet connections that you could find I was always trying to find other homeschoolers in my area particularly ones that would welcome everybody all walks of life you know and I did I found quite a uh, few groups in every city that I moved to and I really just bounced ideas off of other people and found out what they were doing as well
0: Was that primarily so? the term that we've heard before is co-ops? Was it a co-op that you could do classes or was it just really just a kind of a meetup group of other homeschooling parents?
1: Yeah, back then it was definitely just a meetup group with other homeschool friends because they had kids of all different ages, which a lot of co-ops do. But uh, we weren't doing any classes or anything. It was more just connecting with other families that were like ours.
0: Awesome. Did you have a certain type of curriculum or an ideology going into homeschooling? And did that change at all?
1: Yeah, not really. I, I just um, wanted to do things my way and (laughs) learn. I mean, learn myself as I taught her like that. Learning is like education is so much fun for me. And I have like really weird little niches that I like. And so of course, my daughter is all about it. She's all about like sci-fi and like vampires, and you know, like all sorts <laughs> of funny things, but we use those things to teach her other stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. her her interests. yeah, I mean, I didn't really ever have a curriculum at that time until she got of age to start, you know, teaching. And it usually it was just stuff that you could get at Target or like right. I always built my own. Um curriculum,
0: so you 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 kind of follow we, we've heard the term eclectic homeschoolers where they kind yeah. of just piece it piece it together as <laughs> exactly. opposed to following a track. that's
1: you, that's me in in life, so it works <laughs> it works with our <laughs> teaching too. Um, did you yeah.
0: notice that all, all the kids kind of gravitated to that? They were okay with that, or did you see some kids yeah. enjoy different types of tracks?
1: right. Um, yeah, it totally depends. like my um three year old, almost four year old son he knows all of his letters he started to read um like subtitles off movies and it it blows our mind like how did i came in the house the other day and i saw b i n g o written on the floor in chalk and i was like i bet that was my son <laughs> <laughs> but then my older kids it took a while for them to get into reading and and recognizing letters they're just not interested um they do recognize some so yeah it's definitely Each child is always different, but I feel like they all like the idea of go with the flow because of my special needs daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the times we always have to go with her feelings for the day. Um, Mm -hmm. if she's having a bad day, not necessarily, my daughter has epilepsy, so not necessarily having seizures, but maybe just having a bad day, having a bad, um, emotional day. So we just kind of just use the day to play as a family and connect rather than getting hardcore into our curriculum. So
2: So. can you tell us some more about your daughter and, you know, when she was diagnosed and and how that changed your, your homeschooling plans with her?
1: Yeah. So um, my daughter started, so she's 10 now. uh, She started having seizures at 15 months old. And at first, you know, you think it's febrile seizures, you know, with fever. And it was for a while, but it just wasn't changing or getting better. And so we started different medications with her that just didn't work or made it worse. And then at age four, she had an overnight EEG and was found out that um, she has a genetic disorder. It led to the testing and found out she has Dravet syndrome, which is a rare genetic disorder. One in 20,000 people have it. But upon finding that out, we found out all the medications we were giving her were the wrong ones, that they actually made it worse, Um, unfortunately. So once we got her on the right medications, things totally changed for us and for her. Um, When I moved to Colorado, she was about four yeah, she was four and higher altitude made her start having seizures every day. Oh, um no. yeah, so it was a really hard time. And that being that four to five year old range is like that's when your brain is really growing and developing and you're going from a little kid to a bigger kid. Like a lot is going on. And now I know in our community, in the Drave community, that um that's when they have the majority of their seizures and so she couldn't really do a lot school-wise at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, the medications made her tired, the seizures made her tired, but then eventually she did get through that, and um, now is able to do school with us, and um, she's she has a very wide vocabulary just because I've always talk to her not talk down to her but talk to her like you know i'm not like an adult but you know like not like she's a little kid and i've always read books to her and like every day all the time and i feel like that really helped boost her to where she is now and she's able to grow from this age um but also we found out at one point when we had her first um mri that she had a stroke during childbirth she had a scar in her brain. And for a long time that we thought that was why she was having seizures. It was kind of a red herring. So okay. she does have word finding issues. So she goes forward and backwards in her learning. And that's why we do ASL. Uh, I talk about that on my YouTube channel, Um, how we're learning it as a family. And I'm really impressed with my two older ones. They are learning it and my daughter now comes and she like completely speaks to me in sign language um not not my daughter with trevay but my older my stepdaughter and it's helped my daughter communicate with us like if she cannot find a word in her mind we sign it to her and then she can say it um so it's really it's really amazing actually is is that
0: part of the struggle of her her need is is the communication aspect and being more physical as opposed to, you know, verbal, that's easier for her to communicate.
1: Right. And that, yep. And um, I've talked to a lot of speech therapists and they say that people do use this, do use ASL for kids like this, that it does help them a lot.
0: Is it a short-term thing? Like, is she going to, you know, improve over time that she'll be able to speak or will, will will ASL be her normal means of communication?
1: Um, she is able to speak. She, um, a days, some days, um, I was just talking to somebody recently about this. Um, she looks like a typical child, like she can talk and communicate and walk and do things age appropriate for her. And then other days she her she's just exhausted, whatever it is that's going on with her disorder, um, Mm -hmm. exhausts her. And she just can't find words. She just can't and then of course that's when she gets more angry and more aggressive yeah. and stuff like that. So okay. uh,
0: was yeah. it your goal? Was it your goal to homeschool her from the beginning or was that yeah. a choice you had to make? Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I, I wanted to, I was just in love with the whole, right. you know, thought process behind homeschooling. But then once I found out that she had these special needs, I knew that she was safer at home.
0: Okay. Yeah. It okay. makes a lot of sense in the, Excuse me if I say it wrong. Uh, the treve community. um, is, is there a lot of people homeschool in that community? Is it supportive? For um,
1: you? Yeah, not not a lot of people, but there are okay. some and I do talk to them pretty regularly. The whole community is very, very supportive. It's I mean, I feel like any community with special with a special diagnosis um, really gets it because <laughs> it's so it's there's some really odd things that, you know, I just like, my daughter won't look at the color purple. I mean, that's totally made up, but it's like really weird and specific like that. And it's nice to talk to people who really understand and get that. Yeah.
0: Understood. How How have you, um, you know, maybe talk to us about like what a day looks like, maybe a good day and a bad day of your homeschooling life. Because you yeah. got all these other kids, you have your daughter. Um, how, how do you manage all that? I mean, yeah. managing multiple kids is difficult yeah. enough. <laughs> and, and so maybe yeah. walk us through what that looks like.
1: Yeah. So um, after I, one little thing before, um, mm-hmm. after I moved to Colorado area, um, I became my daughter's CNA because you can do that here in the state of Colorado. You can be a relative CNA, which means I care for her mm-hmm. That's certified nurse. So then I also got a nurse for her during the day. So she does have somebody that helps me with her. And that's been for the last five, almost five years. So that is one way that I could do multiple children. (laughs) And she's there to the nurse is there, of course, to do all of the physical stuff for her if she can't do it. And then also for safety, because she my daughter can get into things um, and not have any safety awareness. But so that's a big help. (laughs) So what what a good day is recently we had a a unit study that we did on squirrels because we wanted to do a nature study and well i mean squirrels are everywhere so i thought well let's just observe the squirrel in our backyard and then we looked up like a documentary on curiosity stream which there was one and then I did a printout, I did a game, I made a game for them, and I printed it and laminated it, and we played it. So it's like, there are things that are at different levels. So all the little kids can really get into the game, even the big kids like the game. But then I will add like vocabulary to my oldest and like more like geography or something that's more, you know, for her age level. Mm-hmm. And then my daughter who has special needs, she really can get into it where she wants to and this is where the vampire thing comes into because she found out that there was a salmon eating squirrel and she <laughs> was just thrilled by that because it you know when it it ate the salmon it had little blood right <laughs> and so she thought it was like a vampire squirrel so she drew pictures about that all day long and talked about it so there's it's nice because we can connect as a family and learn and do something fun together and there's something on you know, a level for everybody.
0: Do you have any standards that you have to meet in Colorado? Like what, what um, are some of the state regulations that you have? to
1: Yeah, with? there are Colorado state standards. And I, you know, you can go on the website and look mm-hmm. at it or print it out. Um, and we do meet all of those. Um, and then also there's the, there's like four hours a day for 172 days, I think. And we actually have an umbrella school that I turn all of our, because it's just one thing I don't have to deal with. I just turn it all, you know, I just turn it all with them. And yeah, I mean, we meet all of our standards. My daughter, you know, goes back and forth, depending on she writing and reading is very difficult for her. She'll learn it and then lose it. And we use stuff like therapy for part of her Mm -hmm. school because she is learning life skills and things that she needs and speech, of course. Um, And then the other kids, they have their own. Obviously, we don't really like I don't really go by grade level. I go by age level because depending on the curriculum, sometimes it's way younger than what it says or it's way older than what it says. And I mean, every child is different. I just Mm -hmm. try to go with how everybody is learning. Oh nice. Awesome. Yeah. So so
2: you have a variety of children, different ages and different skill levels and things and then the needs of your daughter. How do you how do you meet everyone's individual needs and and while caring for her? That must be we have a hard time meeting the individual needs of two children.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean we like I said we do it as a family and my husband works here at home. He I mean since the pandemic he started working at home and If he and he goes in really early because he can at like 530 and then he gets off at two and then I can do like the harder stuff like the math with my oldest at that time and just do one on one and he can be with the other kids. We just juggle it. And I know a lot of people say, you know, have this in their mindset that homeschool or school is from, you know, nine to three, but it's not. It's like (laughs) anytime you want to, you can do it weekends you can you know tackle some of the harder stuff if you have help with another you know with your spouse or whatever and that's kind of how we have to do it because I do need help with the other ones if they're getting into stuff you know
0: <laughs> um I think I cut you off on the good days maybe you could describe oh yeah <laughs> what a bad day like look-
1: right I, yeah yeah that I, you were okay. talking and I
0: was like this is interesting I want to go learn all this." <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: okay, yeah, I, yeah. So um, what
0: does a bad day look like like I, I don't want to so, say bad day because it's negative. Like what is a, a, yeah, a more difficult challenge? Like a day,
1: more right? difficult day. Yeah. Right. Um, I actually so I have a morning baskets, this is what they're called. I mean, they're any mm-hmm. kind of baskets. Um, and I just have them full of like books and games and toys. And if my daughter is having who has special needs, who has who is having a sorry, is having a bad day. And her emotions are just out of control. It could be that she just didn't sleep well and everything is upsetting her. She's preteen, you know, there's a lot of things. Then for everybody's sanity, it's just good to just not do, you know, anything that's more focused because she needs the focus. So I get these baskets out and I give them to the kids. Um, And then my oldest has her books that she reads, she'll just read more books. And a lot of her curriculum, actually, she can just go and read the assignment and just do it for the day. There are you know, some pieces that we do together, but when it comes to those days, I just give them stuff that they can learn and play with on their own for most of the day. And mm-hmm. it works out that way a lot better for us.
0: So before the pandemic did you guys uh, go out a lot? I mean, how did you interact? Yeah. Did you do, homeschooling has really, we, we've made the joke it's isolation school yeah. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. What was your, what was your day like before the pandemic? Like, were you getting out hiking? You're in Colorado. It's beautiful all the time. <laughs> it's gorgeous. unless yeah. it's like five feet of snow, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. what do you, what do you guys do for, you know, enrichment and, fun right. and
1: whatnot? Um, yeah, so <laughs> also being a family with a Gervais kid we have to be careful because she has a very low immune system so winter time we don't usually go out we have in the past and we've regretted it because my daughter the common cold will put her in the hospital Um, Mm -hmm. so it's the times like the summer or like fall and spring and we would go to the um, there's a Denver Museum of Nature and Science and that would be like I mean, it's huge. It has so much in there. And that would be like a big event for us. We were too going to co-ops once a week or one co-op once a week. for si- It was a science co-op. And we would do experiments and meet with five or six other families. Um, and then they had a very nice playground in their backyard and the kids would play. Like the lesson would be like 30 minutes and then they would play for three hours. Yeah, it was fun. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's re- that's enriching too. It is, it is. I mean, they get to connect with kids and there were kids all different ages, but you know, ages for each of my children. Yeah. And and it's funny, like when the pandemic started, a lot of people, like a lot of people like like therapists or they were checking in on us, like, are you guys okay? You're we're like, this is normal for us <laughs> actually. We're kind of used to isolating during, you know, cold and flu season. But, you know, after a year, it is hard because we still have to be very diligent um, to keep my daughter safe. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't that much different in the beginning for us.
0: Inside your house, you you guys are obviously doing a lot of homeschooling. Do you have a specific type of space Do you kind of spread out through the house? What does it look like for the kids and, and their homeschooling?
1: We usually spread out, um, (laughs) do it all over the place. Sometimes I have to follow my daughter around, or I just start performing or reading or doing something, and then she'll come (laughs) because she does it. I mean, if you tell, she's very stubborn too. If you tell her, she's going to learn. No way, she's not going to do it. But if you just start, you know, (laughs) like reading or performing something, then she'll come and join in. We do it outside too if it's nice. I mean, yeah, Colorado is nice most of the time, and. Like we have just set up our house with all sorts of fun obstacles. Like <laughs> we have, like a sensory swing. We have a trampoline. I mean, we have all this stuff so that we can still have fun at home. And I just, we just learn wherever the kids are at. I just teach you, them. Do there. you guys go?
0: <laughs> do you guys go all year round, or, or yeah. you try to stay within the school year?
1: We go all year round because there were times where my daughter would spend. Uh, pretty big chunk of time in the hospital so to meet all the standards and meet all the time I just would do it all the time in the summer though we don't do all of the curriculum we just you know stick to the course reading math you know science like the more meatier stuff for the (laughs) curriculum and then we save like the big lessons and everything to you know kind of the regular school year.
0: So, how do you, you you described your unit studies and your baskets? How much planning do you do to get ready for the day or the week or the month? You know, how does that work for you?
1: Uh, it it changes every. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm like really, you know, I'm really in a planning mood, and I'm like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. I'll set these things up ahead of time because I know there's gonna be times I'm be too tired to figure it out in the moment. And like those baskets, for sure, I set those all up. And change them every month. Um, other than that, I go by this curriculum. I I use Build Your Library curriculum. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're <laughs> using. Oh yeah, that's process. right. You had Emily on here, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, so I go kind of by her schedule. Not really. I usually just write it whatever day it is. I just say week twelve, day three mm-hmm. for her, for my daughter, and then she'll know where to look in the curriculum, and it just that works out really well. Um, yeah otherwise and then she has like her specific math and I'll just say do this math program or this math program yeah I don't plan a ton besides doing just the random unit study if I find like a really fun one Mm -hmm. Uh, like on Etsy I've been looking on there there's some really cool um, unit studies on there if I just feel like hey this will be fun for us Or if I find like a science, like we just did the crystal growing science kit that I found at Mm -hmm. Barnes and Noble. I mean, I just like, this will be fun. You know, yeah, we're totally eclectic. Yeah,
2: (laughs) it's nice, though, because then that suits your needs for that day or that time period or. Right. You know, whatever, you know, nature's like, if you can't get outside, you just change it. I I love the flexibility. I'm sure that's just key for your family.
1: Yeah,
0: it has well, we to just, be. We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just did a bunch of interviews with first year homeschoolers due to COVID. And oh. like, I think like four out of five of them were eclectic homeschoolers. They just did what what they felt was right yeah. and put yeah. Yeah. together a curriculum. Yeah. So, t- tell us about YouTube and why castles are important. On YouTube.
1: <laughs> It's funny, you know. I just I got one of those apps and I just started typing in random words and it came up with that oh, our homeschool castle. I was like, oh, I really like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was it's cute. Really random. Yeah. Well,
0: and uh, and it fits because your house is is the centerpiece of your
1: yeah your exactly really, yeah it? that's what I that's how I was I was really drawn to it too yeah
0: <laughs> so so tell us about it like what, oh, yeah. what are you trying to do with it what you, so, achieve, you know?
1: Yeah, I actually so a year ago I started a sewing channel first because that's my background. I'm I have a fashion degree and I worked in theater in Seattle for 14 years. And then when my daughter was born, I thought, oh, I'll just you know still do have my clients at home. I also sew costumes. I did a lot of aerial performers, roller derby stuff like that. But then once she had seizures, I had to stop. everything. And so I didn't sew for years and years and years. And then I started a sewing. I was like, okay, my daughter's a little bit older. I want to start a sewing channel. I have like all this knowledge I want to share with people. And then the pandemic hit. And then all my friends and family, not all, but a lot of friends and family were like, how do you homeschool? You know? And (laughs) I thought, oh, I should just switch gears and do a homeschool channel instead. And because I'm secular homeschoolers, not a lot on YouTube, I mm. have a special needs daughter, which I knew a lot of people were going to bring their special needs children home and not know what to do. Um, mm. Or like, you know, like, how do I do this? And we're a blended family as well. So we co-parent in homeschool and we have been for a while. And, you know, we have tips on how it works for our family. Obviously, everybody's different. And then I have preschoolers, kindergartners. So I just, and we're learning ASL. I just had a lot of things that I could tell <laughs> people with I thought. And, yeah. and so I, I started the channel and I started focusing in on all of that. And um, the majority of people that talk to me over on my channel uh, have special needs children and awesome. they find that it's very um, you know, it's very soothing to find other people that are in the same boat and understand what it's like. And then I started talking on clubhouse as well. um, Once a week about special needs homeschooling with another friend of mine, who's a podcaster and we get a lot of people in there, you know, So,
2: so on your channel, you you said there's lots of parents that have different special needs children. Are are there any common strategies, you know, that you found across this, uh, I think neurodiverse is the right word. Is that right? Neurodiverse community. Are there uh, techniques and things that, you know, kind of uh, they can span that spectrum or is it just so individualized for every family has to find their key?
1: You know, I, upon talking to a lot of um, other people with special needs children and homeschooling them, we have this commonality of art, the kids, Mm -hmm. because you can't get a wrong answer in art, art is expressive. Mm -hmm. And these children are so used to, I know mine, and I'm talking about my friend as well, used to being told what they can't do. And like, you know, especially in like public school, there's a lot of like, we need to meet these Um, different goals and they can't do this and we need to learn to do this but in in doing art you can do anything and you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) and they love that expression and I know my daughter especially can really get into the sensory piece of art as well and she will sit down and she does not have an attention span that's very big for anything but when it comes to doing art, she could sit there for a few hours working on one specific project, getting it the way that she wants to. And it's beautiful. And I, and I see and hear other people telling me this as well, um, besides the art piece also just going with the flow and meeting them where they are and going towards what their interests are and what they're drawn to um it's kind of like that unschooling train of thought i guess um just to go with the flow with them and and teach them to their to their interests and loves
2: wow that's great so what what main advice would you have to give if there's a family who's just realized that their child has special needs they're going to decide to homeschool you know, I'm sure that that's a a very scary and uncertain time for them. what What advice do you have? how How do you approach this? There's probably obviously find your channel and watch that. But you know what advice would you give to to a new family?
1: I would say um to, yes, watch YouTube channels with special There are quite a few. I have some friends that also have channels with special needs children. And what's so wonderful about watching them is their day in the life, and you can really visually get like what it looks like. And I, even for me, when I was doing this stuff, um, at first it was so nice to just see what other people's days look like. Because you, even as like homeschoolers, if you've been a homeschooler for a long time, um, you still kind of feel like, am I doing this right? <laughs> this seems you kind of weird somebody to check yeah up on you, you yeah know? and then you know watching other people's day in the life you're like oh yeah i totally do that or oh we mm-hmm. could do that you know it's very inspirational and it's it's also you know confirming of what you're doing already and also find community it's great to find um actually even in colorado there are facebook groups for children with special needs that are homeschool and then there's children that are preschool special needs with homeschool like there's quite a few if you start looking there might even be one specific to um, the diagnosis that you have I know a friend of mine who has a daughter with down syndrome they have a group too with other special needs um, children in homeschooling so to really bounce off ideas with each other and and find a community is the best idea (laughs)
0: Well, I think, you know, we, we've kept you long enough. We've yeah. about 30, okay. four, <laughs> five minutes here. Oh, wow. We <laughs> don't didn't want to take it like long. Time. No, it, it goes <laughs> <fast> <laughs> <and> <laughs> fun. It always goes
1: fast. It always goes
0: fast. Do you have any takeaways? Um, like, I, I know you just had this great, great line here, but do, do you have anything that, like, if, if I'm a homeschooling parent or I want to homeschool and I have a special needs kid and I'm considering it and things of that nature, is there something that you can, inspiration you can give to them or, you know, assuage some of their fears?
1: Yeah, that you're the best teacher for your child. You know them the best. And it's not about like meeting certain kinds of goals, but knowing what their needs are. And yeah, you know them better than anybody else. And nobody can tell you different than that.
2: (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Well, Valerie, thank you so much for yes, spending thank time you. with us today. This was really great and illuminating. I know it's it's an area of homeschooling we haven't really discussed yeah. very much, and I know we're we're going to make the effort to try to reach out to other people who have different type of homeschooling environments and, yeah. Um, yeah, and really, really learn and, and understand that we're all kind of very similar in a lot of respects, and we can always learn from each other. So Yeah,
2: we're all in this together. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, yes thank you. Thank you. <laughs>